District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to cfact.org. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to District of Conservation. If it is your first time listening, welcome. I hope you enjoy the content. And for returning listeners, I greatly appreciate you all tuning in every week. You likely were drawn here because I was teasing an interview that I conducted, and I said that I would place an exclusive teaser here on my podcast. Well, I'm here to deliver on that promise, and my special guest exclusively previewing the teaser here is former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. This was really hard to conceal, but I'm so excited for you guys to listen to an excerpt of our conversation. And if you want to listen to the full thing, you can tune in to my YouTube channel at 10 o'clock this Friday to see the full video interview. But before that, I will exclusively break my interview with a summary at my town hall column around Friday midnight. So you will be able to see and read the interview and a summary of it at townhall.com this Friday and also watch the full video at my YouTube channel. I previewed a little bit of Secretary Pompeo's comments on climate change, energy, the environment, and firearms. So you'll get an exclusive teaser of that here today on the podcast. Here is my exclusive teaser of my interview with former Secretary of State and CIA Director Mike Pompeo. Thanks for listening. Something that I think critics of the current president can surmise from his actions What he is doing for Russia is he's helping Russia build back better with respect to energy. I wanted to ask you about uh, energy and the environment. And actually, if you don't mind me asking about this tweet, that's kind of generated some interest among reporters and other commentators. You had tweeted recently, if you stand for climate change first, you stand for America last. Could you elaborate why you tweeted that? Yeah, so here's the deal. Former Secretary Kerry is driving the central thesis of this administration's foreign policy. Ours was America first. We were unambiguous. When I met with my counterparts around the world, it was pretty clear. Mike Pompeo showed up to make sure Americans were more prosperous and more secure and safer. Uh, when, when this administration has these conversations, if the other side will offer them a little bit of a carbon reduction or, worse yet, a promise of some future <laughs> carbon reduction, kind of like a, a Wimpy's burger tomorrow, uh, these folks are willing to trade things that matter, the security interests that matter to the American people. So my comments were, uh, we, we all want clean air. We all want safe drinking water. But to hand over the American economy, to bust the American worker, to get the Green New Deal done on the back of the American worker, does indeed put America behind the interests of other countries. And Secretary Kerry, inside this administration, inside whether it's our discussions with the Chinese or the Russians or the Europeans, the totem, the Green New Deal totem ranks uh, first among many. And I think we'll really put America at risk in so many places when we prioritize this deal where only America will live up to its promises, that's not good. It's not good for American security. Right, because China is a far greater polluter than us, and they're not going to be doing anything until some arbitrary deadline. Not not a chance that the Chinese Communist Party is going to sacrifice their economy on the altar of a Mm -hmm. religious act of Green Green New Deal promises 20, 40, 60 years from now. Uh, I, I, can, I can prove that. They've made these promises before, and they have broken them, and there's no reason to believe that Xi Jinping would ever sacrifice economic growth or military power in order to satisfy some political constituency. It's just, it's just not in the cards. 
Under President Trump, this country for the first time ever became energy independent. It's because we had a system in place, I believe, that advocated for true conservation where you could have stewardship, but also some preservation. You could have people working without obviously tanking the economy. And we see with different efforts, obviously revoking the Keystone Pipeline, and most recently with ANWR being stalled. Um, that's certainly going to have an impact on energy. And energy, I think, in your mind, is a national security issue. So what are your impressions of President Biden's push to move away from kind of this balanced use approach with energy security to capitulating essentially to our <laughs> foreign adversaries? Essentially, they get to be energy independent. They get to make all this money and then we get to suffer simultaneously, and not really at the interest of the environment either. We're lose-losing in both of these cases. So I'm from Kansas, an energy-producing state. We knew that we needed to keep the land clean. We knew we needed to protect these resources. There was nothing like our farmers and ranchers and our energy producers to know that the environment mattered to them and to their families and their grandkids. But we've got to produce. Uh, Gabriel, I, I must say, I, I, I met with dozens and dozens of foreign leaders over months and months, there were very few meetings where energy wasn't top of mind for my foreign counterpart, whether it was the president or the prime minister or my counterpart, the foreign minister. They all knew they had to turn the lights on. They all knew that they needed energy for transportation. They knew that if they were going to feed their people, they needed manufacturing that was energy intensive. And they wanted to do it in a clean way. They wanted American natural gas. They wanted uh, American resources that came from the cleanest producers in the world. And now the president is choosing to shut that all down. It'll, look, it'll be incredibly destructive to the American economy. It will raise energy costs. You can already begin to see it at the gasoline pumps. You'll start to see it in electrical bills as well as natural gas becomes more expensive, harder to get at. That may take a little bit of time, but these effects are real and uh, they occur over time. But importantly, though, we'll risk American national security as well. I, I, much prefer, I much prefer our friends to get energy from the United States than to have to turn to our adversaries, whether that's from Russia or someplace else in the world. It was an important tool in the American diplomatic uh, kit to have energy independence and the capacity to export this energy around the world and the technology that we had developed alongside of it. And it looks like we're about to throw it all away. Mm -hmm. Because the president has a refusal of wanting to do domestic mining, he still is going to lean. I think, I think a lot of the proposals are to have electric vehicles that still rely on uh, materials from China in other countries. So his refusal to do that here because he's beholden to certain interests certainly complicates matters for his so-called clean energy plan. I wanted to ask more so broadly before I move to some other topics, what energy kind of sources do you see as being sustainable? Should we keep an all of the above approach? Should we pursue nuclear more? That's something that the new White House climate advisors are nixing altogether. They don't want to have carbon capture. But what do you see as uh, in our future, what, what should be pursued? Yeah, we should let a thousand flowers bloom and we ought not subsidize any of them. Look, I'm all, I'm, sign me up for solar panels, happy to have wind turbines, but the American people have to be able to afford this energy. We have to actually be able to grow the American economy. It can't be the case that you can pull the most affordable, indeed some of the cleanest energy sources out of the marketplace and not understand that you're going to drive inflation, drive price increases all across the American economy. Uh, I'd be happy to see us come up with a set of policies that permit, permit nuclear to flourish again. We've abandoned that. It can be done safely. It's enormously clean. I think that would be a welcome uh, energy generation, which would satisfy those on the left who desire uh, immediate and great uh, decreases in carbon emissions. 
Uh, you mentioned carbon capture. That technology is technology that was originally developed in the United States. It's pretty remarkable. Uh, still not quite um, market efficient, but mm -hmm. getting closer. Uh, we ought to allow technologists and innovators, just like we did with fracking, uh, to, to lead the way and drive down energy costs, drive up energy efficiency, and we'll, we'll get We'll get the uh, environment that we want, and we'll get that with uh, that environment with an economy that will allow America to continue to be the most innovative, creative, growing economy in the world. You're very passionate about the Second Amendment. I saw that you did a video recently talking about it. You've been consistently in support of it since your time in Congress as well. What policies specifically from the Biden administration concern you, and what are your thoughts on the ATF director nominee, David Chipman? Yeah, the most concerning policy was the choice of Mr. Shipman. Uh, his track record on the set of issues, the things that he has said, suggest that he doesn't believe that the Second Amendment actually holds true across a broad range. We saw, we saw him talk about assault rifles in a way that was can only be described as ignorant. I don't mean that meanly, just an absence of knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, someone ought to teach him. He's got a very important job now, uh, what it really means, what the Second Amendment really means. Look, this is something that's been, uh, I've worked on since even before I was a member of Congress. My wife and I both had concealed carry permits back in the day in Kansas. Uh, we, we loved to go out with our son. It's something our family did down at the farm in Winfield, Kansas. Uh, he's a better shooter than I am, but I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna catch him. The old eyes are catching up with me a little bit. Uh, look, our, our founders understood that this mattered. The, the capacity for Americans to keep and bear arms was something that they thought was so central that they put it in that very Second Amendment. It seems like Biden's agenda is going kind of in conflict with just the surge of new gun owners in this country. Yeah. I think today's statistics, as of our recording, I think there have been 8.5 million guns sold this year. Uh, I think um, 1.3 million upwards of whatever. Um, but more people are buying guns. So it seems like his agenda runs counter to kind of where the public opinion is going, where Americans are looking to. How can he reconcile pushing this agenda and ignoring the will of his constituents? Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's very politically popular. But, you know, even that aside, it's, it runs against the grain of what our founders understood America was all about. And so even were it the case that it was popular, um, it's not permissible. And I, I hope our courts will find some of the things that I suspect they will attempt to do. We've seen this before with assault rifles and, and, and various uh, efforts to regulate guns, or even in the worst, most egregious cases, try to confiscate guns, make it prohibitive for people to keep them. Mm -hmm. I hope our courts will continue to uh, protect and preserve this right. Uh, your, your point about firearms uh, being purchased, you know, what's happening in our cities today across America it, it saddens me. There's not a Monday morning you wake up and don't read about shooting deaths in Chicago and uh, New York City shootings in our, in our big urban cores. This is where the administration should focus. This is the, the, if you want to protect the American people, these are the places that we need mayors who are serious about protecting their own people, funding police, making sure they have the resources they need, defending them when they come under threats that are inappropriate with it for the actions that they have taken. Uh, trying to eliminate firearms in violation of the Second Amendment isn't going to protect uh, often kids that are live in very difficult circumstances in the inner cities. It's not going to protect them. A strong Second Amendment and strong support of our men in blue, that'll protect them. What did you think of my chat with Secretary Pompeo? I would love to hear your thoughts. If you're, like I said, just new and discovering the podcast, you liked the sampling of the content through this interview, I encourage you to find us on 
every podcast player out there. We're on basically every podcast player, especially on Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe there and listen or wherever you hear podcasts played. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you can always see guest announcements or recaps of episodes and kind of comb through and see what you may have missed if you're just discovering the content here. If your preferred platform for listening to podcasts is Apple, make sure you go lend us some reviews. We've been having a few reviews coming in the pipeline, which I'm so grateful for. And again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode and get excited for the full exclusive interview that I'm putting out with Secretary Pompeo this Friday. I wanted to build up some suspense. I think it's great to do that. And I think you're going to like what he has to say across a multitude of issues. I didn't want to put the full thing here because this is specifically relating to natural resources, energy, firearm, shooting sports. So hopefully you enjoyed the teaser and check out and look out for the interview and follow me across social media as well. So you'll see different hints. Thanks again for tuning into the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it and stay tuned for more episodes from yours truly here at District of Conservation.